Now, will you please welcome our guest moderator, Radio 1 DJ and host of The View Film Show on Channel 4, Edith Bowman. Hi. How are you all? Ooh. Thank you all for avoiding fashion night tonight and coming to, uh, to our very interesting q and I spent some time with this gang yesterday and it's so fascinating. Jonathan and Valerie, of course, Little Miss Sunshine. What a great film. And six years later, they're back finally. And there's a reason that this is the film that they wanted to come back with, the script written by Zoe as well, which we'll find out a lot about. But please, if you have questions, it would be great to get as much of you, as many of you involved as, as we possibly can. So, you know, feel free to ask them whatever you want. Paul as well, in terms of his breadth and brilliance of work that we, we know and love him for already. Before we welcome them out, uh, let's take a look at what Ruby Sparks is all about. I want to give you a writing assignment. Can't write. I'd like you to write a page. You think you could do that for me? Can it be bad? I'd like it to be very bad. Ruby Sparks, 26 years old, raised in Dayton, Ohio. All I want to do is write about Ruby. It's like I'm falling in love with her. That's wonderful. I can't fall in love with the girl I write. Why not? Because she's not real. Isn't she? No. Calvin? I missed you in bed last night. Calvin! It's not real. It's not real. Are you mad at me? Remember how Dad used to say I had an overactive imagination? Wait, are you saying Ruby is in your house? I started seeing her this morning. There's no possible way because she's not a real person. Can you see her? Calvin! Can I see her? Can you see me? She's real. <laughs> People don't appear out of thin air. She did. How? I don't know how. It's love. It's magic. Write something about her and see if it comes true. If it does, then you're right. Ruby speaks French. That was insane! You manifested a woman with your mind. Your mom's gonna freak. Hi! Hi, Mom. Hi, Ruby. Hi. You can make it do anything for men everywhere. Tell me you're not going to let that go to waste. <laughs> Just do it. Jump! This is the true and impossible story of my very great love. One may think this is magic, but falling in love is an act of magic. Do you happen to have a name? Ruby. 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 Just don't tell me how it ends, OK? Stranger things have happened? I don't think so. I think this is pretty much the strangest thing that's ever happened, ever. <laughs> Please give a warm London welcome to the stage, uh, directors of the film Jonathan Dayton, Valerie Farris, uh, stars of the film and writer of the film uh, Zoe Kazan and Paul Dano. Welcome. Thank you. You work really hey. well. Hey, hello. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you okay. sound good. Right, where do we start? Zoe, I, I want to start with you. Um, where did this idea come from and why was this what you wanted to be your first feature, your, your first screenplay? Um, this idea sort of came from me ruminating on the myth of Pygmalion about the sculptor who, um, whose statue comes to life. And um, I, it wasn't that I wanted this to be my first feature. It was just sort of the first idea I'd had that felt like a really, like a real movie, like a complete movie. Um, it takes a long time to make a movie, so I think you sort of wait for an idea that you're going to want to uh, devote a lot of time to and a lot of energy 
And uh, for me, this was that. It just felt resonant about my experiences of love and creativity. And is it, is it, is it easier that you kind of, you can kind of outpour your, your previous experiences into that script? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, some relationship experiences and also my experience of writing, which I think um, is not unusual of feeling sort of visited by uh, my characters or by my ideas rather than, than them coming through me. Um, I think it, it, it just felt very evocative and kind of also like a, a treasure trove of, of, of being able to explore um, through a sort of imaginative lens some real life issues. Do you kind of, in a way then, uh, in terms of Calvin's character, see a little bit of yourself in that, in terms of the way you talk about, you know, visualizing those characters and seeing them? And well, I think I put some of my experience of uh, writing in there, or my experience of creativity. Um, like, you know, sometimes I almost feel when I'm acting or when I'm writing that, that, that those people in my imagination are, are more real to me than the people in my life. Um, and that definitely went into the kind of concept of the movie, but in terms of his character, what he goes through, obviously, I think I, I, I'm less aligned with him than I might be with Ruby. And, and Jonathan and Valerie, in, in terms of you guys wanting to be involved in this, was it the, the sensibilities of this script, you know, the fact that, you know, it, it is incredibly funny, but there's, it's dark, it's, it's heart-wrenching, it's sad. Was, was that part of the attraction to be involved? I, I love that in this very simple premise, um, the, the story can explore so many very real aspects of human experience and, um, you know, our desire to control. I thought the, the, the film, as you said, was, had really funny moments but went to a dark place. You know, it's a great love story. Which, you know, I, I just want to say I, I don't think the trailer um, <laughs> is actually that representative of what the film is. Not that it's bad, it's just, um, I do think the film, it's, there's, a lot, there's a lot more conflict in the film than you might get from, actually from the trailer or from the clips that we're showing, but that is what appealed to us about the story, is that it, it sort of took a, this premise that we've seen before, but um, actually plays it out, um, I think, to its logical conclusion and, um, so I think that it's a little surprising for people when they're set up by an ad campaign that makes it seem a little more yeah. like a fun rom-com. Yeah. It's really fun. It, it is, is fun. Yeah. You but, laugh but it's a also lot. scary. But then you'll have your heart ripped out in yeah. the next second. <laughs> it's basically. It'll be it's handed like back to you. We, we hand <laughs> your heart back then to fried, you. Then fried. <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of, you know, Zoe and Paul, been in a, a real relationship and, and sharing each other's work. I mean, Zoe, when you were writing the script, was it, you know, do you, do you, do you regularly show Paul your work or was this a kind of a one-off or? You know, I, I think it, it's embarrassing to say, to say but um, I'm sort of like an attention whore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I need, I need uh, a lot of attention from this one. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that, I, I, no, but seriously, like, as an actor, you get very used to having feedback immediately. And as a writer, you can go long stretches of time without any audience. And, and just being able to give Paul my writing and hear him laugh at something or be able to talk to him about where I think it's going and what he sees, like, you know, he's like, if he says, like, I don't really understand what this character is doing, it, it's helpful to me. So I showed him maybe the first 10 pages of this, and he asked if I was writing it for the two of us. 
And um, it's the only time, really, that he sort of um, said anything like that. So it really surprised me. And then when I looked at what I had written, it felt it felt like, well, obviously, that's, that's what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. Um, I think subconsciously. It, it took him pointing it out, though. Paul, what was it about those first 11 pages that you were like, okay, <laughs> I see where you're going with this? Well, the, 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 the first lines in the film are Ruby talking and... I think simply I thought, after reading those lines, well, nobody else could do this as good as Zoe, so she should act in it when she's done writing. And then I keep reading, and um, I saw that Calvin was described as uh, tall, skinny, <laughs> wore glasses, and hadn't seen a gym in a while. And I said, <laughs> OK, wait a second. Um, what is she drawing upon here? Um, uh, but then you know the 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 um, the film was was pretty clear even though I didn't know where it was going what kind of film and knowing Zoe and her interests what kind of film and what kind of films we like and we share a lot of um, taste and sensibilities so um, you know just from ten pages you sort of you, you get a sense of something you get a sense of voice yeah um, and I had read her plays so um, I you know, was happy to throw myself on her. <laughs> do, you, do you learn things about each other that you, you don't know from working with each other like that? Well, we met doing a play together, so sort of the first version of Paul that I knew was the working <laughs> Paul, um, who's just a pain in the ass, really. Um, <laughs> but uh, they think I'm joking. <laughs> uh, you know, I think... It, it's wonderful to have, you know, we sort of have taken, um, you know, this has been a lot of hard work and, um, you know, there were times that I think the relationship felt a little strained by how hard we were working and, you know, having to spend so much time together but sort of pay less attention to each other. But there have been other times in this, you know, year, two years where we've looked at each other and thought like, well, this is once in a lifetime, you know, um, especially to do it with these two and to feel like, I don't know, uh, film's a collaborative medium, uh, but, but uh, sometimes it's, it's a better collaboration than other times, and this has felt um, really charmed, I think. Paul, I, I heard you say that you kind of, when you started reading it more, you immediately sort of thought of Jonathan and, and Valerie to, to work on the film, is that right? Yeah, I mean, probably no more than 15, maybe 20 pages into it, uh, just sort of intuitively shouted out in the living room, we should send, we should send this to John and Val. <laughs> and so he was like, yes, that's a great idea. And um, uh, I, I think having had such a great experience with them the first time, but really getting to know them as people, knowing a little bit about um, what kind of films they were interested in making, knowing how much... Um, care they have for their characters in the story um, and uh, um, just the, the fine line that we'd have to walk, the tone of the film, right, the, a kind of romantic comedy that Zoe and I would want to make is fun and funny and magical and romantic, but we also knew that we'd want to explore an idea or take it somewhere unexpected or surprising, um, let it have the dark edges that life has while still giving you an entertaining film. And, you know, uh, we, we tried to make lists of filmmakers and they, they were the only people <laughs> that we could come up with that we would trust to 
give the, the film over to. Yeah, it's, it's you know, the idea of, of Calvin where he, you know, he thinks what he needs is to create this character, but the reality is, you know, that the idea of, not, of what you wish for is not normally what you need. <laughs> I guess as well, but we're going to show a couple of clips here, um, which which highlight I think a couple of things. The first one is, is Calvin's not sure whether he's going insane or she's real or whatever, and he asks his brother to come round and um, and he goes up to the, the magic typewriter, which I like to refer to it, um, to to try and prove to his brother. And this is one of the clips. This is um, Zoe's character, uh, Ruby, speaking French. Okay, there's got to be some logical explanation. Well, this is logical. No, but you know what it is? Physics or metaphysics, whatever. People don't appear out of thin air. She did. How? I don't know how. It's love. It's magic. Okay, okay. Let's say you created this person. Everything you wrote about it came true, even the smallest things? Yes. Have you tried writing more? No. Write something about her. Why? She's perfect. And if nothing happens, maybe we go to the police. Okay, here's where I left off. I got it. Okay. Okay. Okay, <laughs> it's a different clip than I expected. Is it? Yeah, that's her. The words, she's perfect. That's kind of what he's trying to create, but, but the reality of it is, and that's kind of what you were saying about, you know, these guys, you, you, that romantic comedy, but the reality has to be in there as well. Um, and, and all that was in the script, all that was, was, you know, that's what you were trying to get across, I guess, in the script, isn't it? Of, yeah, I, I mean, it was really important. Uh, the, the film has a kind of, like, fantastical premise. Um, but, it, 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 like I, was I said to Jonathan and Valerie recently, it's like, we have an imaginary door into a real room. You know, we're really trying to talk about what, what actually happens in relationship. And um, in order to do that, I think we tried to make the film feel very grounded in the real world. Um, it's, not, uh, it's not weird science, you know, it's not, a, it's not an imaginary world. And, um, you, know, uh, you know, I wanted it to be, uh, even though it's uh, a made-up girl, I wanted it to feel like someone that you might meet on the street. Yeah. Um, we're going to show another clip now, but before that, I want to talk about the other cast members because it's an incredible cast. Your two leads just to one side for a second. Um, Annette Benning, play, who plays Calvin's mum. I mean, I, it was the script, I guess, that was the pool for all these people. As soon as they read it, they wanted to get involved. It's, is that right? I think it, it, it's. I think it's these two. Well, I don't think you should there. answer because you're not going to say yes. I think you have to have a good script to get people involved, and I think you know they loved the idea of this whole package. I think, but yeah. and um, so we were very lucky. And you know, I actually want to also credit Chris Messina, who plays the brother, because he's actually the guy who kind of um, the audience sort of identifies with as you go through the story. And so that, that scene is him sort of being convinced that Ruby is real. And um, you didn't get to see all of the scene, but I think the we're next gonna, scene yeah, we're is... we're going to see the next bit is, now, if you want. Right. Yeah. So that's it. Um, the next scene is after he's been convinced and he spent the evening with Ruby, 
and this is Calvin and um, his brother Harry going outside for the first time alone. So it's their first moment alone after he's had this experience with Ruby. So. Let's take a look at the clip. Harry, this is insane. You manifested a woman with your mind. You can't tell anybody, not mom, not Susie. So no, what, we're just going to pretend she's your girlfriend? She is my girlfriend. Stranger things have happened. I don't think so. I think this is pretty much the strangest thing that's ever happened, ever. Please don't ruin this for me. Promise me, no one. Thank you. Okay, well, so you can, like, change her. Like, I guess. So you can make her, like, do anything. For men everywhere. Tell me you're not going to let that go to waste. <laughs> That's the slightly truncated version of that thing. It's so, it's so funny the, to see these the, clips because they, they sort of, they're like a best of reel. Yeah, like yeah. Not they're quite the well, they're, they're, they're not the G-rated. Yeah. He, he, they're the airplane version. He discusses the, a few of the possibilities that Calvin might yeah. take advantage. They cut out the word blowjob. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> so. And the, the chemistry between... Um, you and Chris Paul is, is just quite brilliant. Um, was that from the off? That was as soon as, you know, when you guys screen tasted together? Or? You, you, a lot of people auditioned for that part, and it actually turned out to be um, a much more complicated character than I anticipated, because the, the scenes read quite funny. You think, you know, it, that's all it is, but, but really he, he helps to ground the film, and he's the voice of the audience. And Chris came in, and he was the person who just brought the most love um, to it and the most authority and as an older brother. So he's um, probably the person who looks least like my brother, that audition, <laughs> but he felt the most like my brother. And uh, people have been loving that relationship in the film, which is really nice. And um, we're going to throw out some questions to our audience. So who would like to ask the first question? How are you doing, Yoel? Um, this is a question for Paul. Uh, you seem to not really change the dot in the past 10 years. You've really, you know, been in the spotlight. You still look the same age and stuff. But are you finding that <laughs> you're still playing characters young? Are you, as you're getting older, are you finding that you're being more picky with roles or do you have the chance to be picky with roles? Is it just without, without coming across the rules, a first come, first serve kind of, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the hope certainly is as your career progresses, you, you're able to have more choice, and that's a privilege. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I only know my own taste, and, and that's what happens when you read something. You have a gut reaction, and you want to be a part of it, and so you either try to get a part in that film, or it comes your way, or it doesn't. Um, and... Uh, you know, my, my, my youth will one day be a, a, a good thing. Um, <laughs> and I do think, uh, you know, I am able to play more uh, different parts almost every year. And I think that's only going to open up more as you get older. And, you know, I, I, I hope this film is, um, you, you know, a good example of that. I haven't had the opportunity to do uh, a romantic comedy 
sort of leading man part like this, and it was it was a joy to do. Um, and I don't think I would have been able to do that a few years ago. So. I'd also like to say, you know, um, uh, Paul Paul's gotten to play a lot of really really dark kind of roles, and uh, one of the joys of writing this for him was uh, anticipating him being able to play something more comic. And then I think you'll see when you see the movie. Uh, He's got sort of an amazing gift, I think, for physical comedy. And uh, it, this movie really gets to, I think you get to see him in a new light, which is cool. Um, Valerie, Jonathan, can, can I ask, just going back to Little Miss Sunshine in 2006, and then you come back with this, what was, what was it about this? And, and why was this the right film to, to have you back for us? <laughs> <laughs> well, we worked on, on many films and um, we loved them all, but you know, after making Little Miss Sunshine, we realized that um, it's very important to protect the material and to make sure that all the conditions are just right. It, it took us four years to make Little Miss Sunshine, and oh. people didn't understand that script, and we had troubles casting it just right. So, but we were rewarded when things came together. So we had a very th high threshold, and this project, came together very quickly when we got the script we loved it and we loved the idea of Paul and Zoe starring in it and the cast came together and we worked with Zoe for a while and on the script and that worked really well so you know uh, sadly you know smaller movies seem to be the place where you can experiment really more you know yeah. we worked on larger films but we were able to have final cut on this and that's really important to us so uh, you know, this is a, this was a very special film. It's it's been six years, but we're very happy that this is what we come back and with. I, you know, we always. I mean, we first got the script knowing that they were attached, so that was a big part of the appeal of the project for us. But and then reading Zoe's writing, you know, I think we uh, we're very sort of script centric. We love a good you know good writing, and Zoe's voice was so unique and and. We also loved the sort of mix of, of humor and, and suffering and, you know, pain. There's just, it had the right amount of sort of darkness and humor for us. So, um, you know, I, th I think, you know, she's an amazing writer and it was very exciting to kind of be uh, the ones to introduce her writing. And, and really, you know, for a lot of people, they'll be seeing Zoe in this kind of role for the yeah. first time. And also Paul, we agree with what Zoe said. It was just nice show Paul's range and um, how funny he is and charming. <laughs> he couldn't speak for half of Little Miss Sunshine, yeah, so he speaks from the very <laughs> beginning of this one. I, I, was, um, I was reading just kind of some research and stuff before I was chatting to you guys, and, and I wanted to ask you about research for, for these roles. I mean, did it, did it involve much for either of you, or, or was it just kind of, I know the script, let's just get in there? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I did a fair amount of research, but that's one of the fun things about being an actor. When you get to play a writer, if you like books, you have a, an excuse to <laughs> uh, look into a couple of your favorite authors and what their writing routine was like, and you then read that one of your favorite authors set aside 8 a.m. to noon every day to write, and those four hours were committed. And then to the thought of, you know, Calvin has writer's block. If you do make that commitment, and I think Calvin is that kind of writer, 
based on routine to write every day and you wake up at 8 a.m. and make your coffee and your breakfast and sit down to work and you can't produce, you know, that just helps make it all the more palpable to me as an actor, uh, having read journals of writers. So you just find things that you can relate to and practice on the typewriter. Yeah, I was going to say um, learning to type, like <laughs> as a generation of people growing up without typewriters, I think Paul did a really good job typing. Type point school. It's a whole different thing. You know, the <laughs> yeah. attack of the keys is yeah, a lot it's harder. It's a lot more the fun pressure. to film, too, than a computer. But we made it look seamless, absolutely seamless. So what about for you? Was it? Well, y you know, I think uh, for me, a lot of my like quote-unquote homework was already done yeah. um, <laughs> because uh, because I because I wrote it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do think that there's like I think that like um, research for an actor has so much to do with like what what is feeding your imagination that you can do as m you know as much reading of books and watching of movies as you like, um, but it doesn't have any meaning unless it has meaning to you, unless it sort of sparks something in your imagination. So for me, like watching, like, you know, we watched, a, I watched a bunch of like Catherine Hepburn movies, not that Ruby's like her, but you know, th there's a sort of um, calmness of purpose or centeredness uh, in her acting that I thought was uh, applicable. You know, it's, it's fun to sort of think about uh, changing your energy, especially with something that you've written where you think, it, it could come very close to yourself, and actually, I, I sort of feel like Ruby is much much closer to how I would like aspire to be in the world than how I actually am. <laughs> um, I want to just check and see if there's any other questions. Yes, hello. Uh, it's probably more for Zoe. I was just wondering, when you were writing it, did you ever think of making Paul's character the one that's created, or how did you swap it around? wasn't sure if you, you know, decided. So many people have asked me that question that I feel <laughs> stupid for not thinking of it in the first place. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think often, it, at some point in the movie, uh, Paul's character says of, of Ruby, um, if she came to me wholly herself, um, that it's sort of the idea that he was like visited by her more than he created her. And that, that's sort of my experience of writing. And it definitely was my experience of writing this. I kind of saw them in my head. I saw the kind of whole story. And um, I felt like... To, to change their sexes would be like to change the sex of a real person somehow um, for me. Uh, but also, I was trying to write about my own experience and relationship, which um, has all too often felt like um, that the man I was with had a kind of idea of me or um, some sort of projection of femininity that I felt that I was somehow having to live up to or I inhabit for him. And uh, so the male creator, female object sort of applies more to that uh, power relationship than it would in the opposite. I would be curious what the opposite story would be like, but it's sort of not mine to tell, I guess. I, thi I think it's also interesting that women can create life, but men can't. We, we can only dream of that, so. <laughs> Someday. Right. Someday. Someday. Uh, that's a movie <laughs> called Junior, if you want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Any other questions from you guys? Yeah, lady at the front. Um, I just wondered, I've, I've not seen the film, obviously, but um, was there any uh, point when you wanted to push the fantastical elements more rather than relationship? Or did you just kind of have it as the basic premise and leave it at that? Well, there, there are some things in the movie, as you'll see, where um, we start to play with the premise or the sort of conceit of the movie a little bit more as it goes on. Um, but... 
you know, for all of us, it, it was a sort of, the fantasy elements are there to help us sort of illuminate what, what is hard to talk about in real life. Um, like issues of control and um, sort of wanting a perfect partner and, you know, the, the impossibility of that. Um, but w we all felt very strongly that it, it should feel like your life or my life, you know, that part of what makes it fantastical is that it doesn't exist in, like, you know, la-la land. <laughs> Any other questions? I just wanted to, oh. I just wanted to know how each of you got into film and what advice you could give in each of your um, each aspects like acting, directing and writing, what advice you'd give to people in those roles? Sorry, it's a bit of a... <laughs> well, um, I went to film school at UCLA and um, that was very helpful but I think the most important thing is if you love making films, if you love to act, is just to find as many opportunities as you can to actually practice your craft. Um, and, and, you know, today, with equipment being so accessible, y you can make films on a very small scale. And, you know, with the internet, if you make something that's provocative, you actually have a chance to attract an audience. And, and so the challenge, because we usually have to do some other thing for our job, you know, to pay the bills, uh, is to just find time to keep after your career. We, I worked at a used clothing store after graduating and made films on the side, and eventually people hired us to make films. So keep doing it is my chief advice. There's a whole movie made on the iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's some equipment right there. <laughs> I mean, it is so great that it's now... that. Filmmaking is so much more accessible, and actually getting your work out there is, is easier than ever. But it doesn't make the job of making something good any easier. And I would say what Paul said about the writer who got up every day and worked from 8 to 12. I, I know an artist who said, You're not, you can't call yourself an artist unless you spend at least three, years, three hours a day doing what it is you do. So I think it is right to find try to find the time to practice whatever it is that you want to do and you'll find yourself suddenly doing it i think paul what about you um well i i got i got started in community theater um you know i would after school go play basketball or soccer or go to the community theater and it turned into something that i loved and um wanted to to keep doing um and I think, you, you know, something I think about um, a lot is figuring out what I want and sort of what makes me happy in what I do and, and trying to, to follow that. And I think when people start out, you're so, it's so easy to get focused on the result of, you know, what your, your goal is. Um, but I would say the more you put into the, and, and enjoy the process of doing the actual work, that's probably how the best way to, to get, you know, your results. So what about you? Um, you know, I think it's really hard as an actor, actually, because um, unlike, you know, directing, you can pick up a camera, and you can shoot something, or actually writing, I think, is sort of the easiest in some ways, because all you need is your imagination and something to, to write with. Um, you know, uh, uh, 
but with acting, you sort of need permission in some way. You need to pay for an acting class or to find a job of some kind. It's, it's sort of impossible to do on your own. Um, so I know that sort of at the very beginning of when, when I graduated from school and I, I didn't have an agent, I just volunteered for anything that anyone would let me do at sort of student films and student production of plays and community theater and um, you know, play readings for friends. And actually, I got my agent by doing sort of a favor for a friend. I did a play reading, and his, his agent, his literary agent, recommended me to, to a talent agent. And, and that's sort of how I got m my start. So I, I think <laughs> pimping yourself out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> sort of volunteering. Yeah. I yeah, totally I agree. That working for, for free, free <laughs> fortunately, is sadly one of the most powerful tools because. When you're in a company where you volunteered and maybe other people are getting paid, and if you can show that you're working the hardest, a guilt sets in amongst everyone. And <laughs> they, they feel like, a oh debt. my god, what, would, what debt. would this person <laughs> do if they got paid for this? <laughs> They're so good now. There's right. a beautiful Jillian Welsh song. Do you, do you guys know? She's a folk singer and uh, she, for free, uh, which is all about, you know, they've figured it out, th they've hit the big score, we'll do it for free, you know. <laughs> which is, uh, I think true, actually. Our, our first music video we ever did actually cost us $250. Who so was that music video for? for it was the R.E.M. R.E.M., yeah. yeah, we, yeah. we did our first video and the budget was $1,500 and it cost us actually $2,000. Or $500, we, yeah. Yeah, and we, we didn't tell anyone, we just, spent our own money <laughs> and finished it. Love and the record that. company was so impressed that we were on budget <laughs> that they gave, they us, gave another us another job. job and, so. and then we, we were on our way. So for free, or it could even cost you. There you go. Yeah. That's a great way to end our yeah. 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 Go out and free or pay succeed. for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go and see the film um, when it comes out. Tell your friends and, and take your friends because it's, it's such an honest, fun, dark depiction and a great, great story and great, great performances. Thank you so much to Zoe Paul. Thank Zoe you Paul, so much. Valerie Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you.